Welcome to the fourth officials podcast, a very special December episode. We had the Manchester Derby, which was kind of boring. Hmm. We had uh, some other important things and a whole lot of draws in this weekend, but they were all really important somehow. And then we had a catastrophic loss for Arsenal. Um, I, Where's Ken, by the way? Ken is not here. I'm joined oh. by James Lewis, <laughs> temporary Manchester City fan, and, <laughs> and Dr. Pete, full-time Tottenham fan, especially with Tottenham in first place, Pete? First place? First place, first place for another couple of days, Thomas. And um, we're, we've got cops at the bridge entrances right now. We're combing the tops to make sure that nobody's trying to climb up there right now. I think we know who we're talking about. Yeah, we. You're talking about Southampton. (laughs) Southampton on the climb. We got a lot of cool action to go over this weekend. Um, James, let's start with the Manchester Derby. Our bet this week, I thought was a pretty good one. Um, We didn't publicize it. We didn't make it public until now. Maybe are you gonna? I know, and and Rack was so upset because I told him about the bet before the match, and he was really excited to see you squeeze into my medium sized Pogba jersey. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna uh, squeeze it into things. It's hard to squeeze those pecs into medium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you, <laughs> what, what, yeah, yeah. When you're barrel chested, you know what uh, I mean. I'm always a, a big bowed. My idea is that you would have had to put one of the put your like uh, your phone there and take a video of yourself squeezing into this jersey. Well, for, for fans that don't know what James looks like, just imagine Chris Barnes' body, <laughs> okay, a Go little ahead. less muscular, and you get it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anything to say to that, James? I always thought you kind of reminded me more of like a Luke Shaw. You know, that works. That's (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) You know, you got the, you you know, you're ample. Look, look, there's fun, there's fun, (laughs) and then there's crossing the line. So would crossing the line be like when you said that Arsenal was in the relegation fight a week ago? Was that crossing the line? No, it was prophetic. Apparently it was (laughs) dead on. But let's anyway, let's finish the uh, Manchester United and Manchester City Derby. Sure. I was really surprised in this one, Dr. Pete, because I felt like United coming in off that Titanic loss to Leipzig during the week where they set up completely wrong. Ali got it wrong, went for attack when they just needed a draw, and they were almost out of the match within 30 minutes. They let up two very quick goals, and then a third later, they they made noise like they always do to come back. It was just too far. And United reeling off of that defeat as they were knocked out of the Champions League. I thought we were really vulnerable, and I said, "I need. We just need a point because we are we were wobbling big time." And I thought that City came in with two defensive midfielders and really a game plan that was set up to to get a draw. Like it was at Manchester United, and there was a full house, you know, as opposed to like a a team that just came off a big loss and could possibly be in, in ready for a knockout blow from city. And I thought it was just a little bit defensive. what did you make of the match? Dr. Pete? Well, I don't think Pep came in looking for a draw, but I do think he learned his lesson in the Tottenham game and other games where they've gotten beat on the counterattack. And Manchester United certainly offers a lot of um, danger on the counterattack. And I thought that Pep respected that 
And, you know, Manchester United, for as up and down as they've been, it's they really haven't had that many two-game spans when they've been woeful. And when they have a terrible game and the pressure's all on Ole, he tends to pull one out. The team pulls together, plays well. And I thought Man United played really well in this one. Um, it was at home, so you know for what that's worth, home field advantage right now. But it was it was a pretty even game, and and I texted in the chat earlier. You're seeing a lot of these KG matches between. You know, I'd say it's boiled down to a top five right now in terms of of what the teams look like at the top of the table, who have a real shot at coming in the top four spots and. You know, it wasn't that entertaining for uh, a neutral fan, but in terms of soccer, like it was a pretty well-played game. Neither team made any big mistakes, and I think both teams are are fine with the point. Manchester United is probably a little bit happier, I think, because City's a little bit better team. But after an absolutely devastating champion's loss, that was a pretty good response. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm really happy with the point. I think that City surprised me in not going for it. But James, as a City fan, you go in, United have been reeling, but like Pete said, they are very dangerous on the counter. Uh, Rashford's playing up top. Pogba's playing out on the left, um, which was kind of weird. But, I mean, United had two defensive midfielders that stayed home too with Fred McTominay against uh, Fernandinho and Rodri for City. Um, it just felt like a muted game and um, just not a lot of opportunities. Uh, are you well, worried? Are you well, worried? About we had power? opportunities. I'm sorry. We had opportunities though. We had, we had Mares being a child and not finishing his one-on-one. <laughs> In fact, not even making it tough. He shot it right at the hair. We cut that, it back too, right? Yeah. No, no. He took an extra touch. Because he has to go to his left foot. Because he has to go with his left foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, if you, I mean, it's a we're having a completely different discussion if he finishes that because yes we didn't go in with a, an expansive open plan because let's not pretend like the last like three matches that City of United play together we've had to sit here and talk about how United ripped City open on the counter yeah so yeah I mean Pep had to address that um, unfortunately the chances that came our way we didn't finish we, there was another one where um, in one of his lone impactful actions in the match. Sterling dribbled into the box, dribbled around a couple people mm-hmm. till he was, I mean, it was like four yards out. Maguire got and the block. block from yeah. Maguire. Maguire got the block and good block. But that, I mean, that's a, that's a big opportunity. We had another one where Jesus was on the byline, cut it back to De Bruyne and Maguire again made a excellent block. Uh, this one, he really had to stretch for to block it. I mean, it was going in the net. And so, so those are three opportunities where this game plan works perfectly if it, they are converted. I mean, and the two that Maguire blocked, uh, I can't say that those were that sh- those should have been goals. Maguire did his defensive work, and actually, I think he was probably man of the match for yeah, doing that. This is best um, match in a long time, if not ever. The one that the one that is crazy is Mares, um, not even making that, not even making De Gea save it. The head didn't even react. He just shot it right at his, right at his body. So, I think that we, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we definitely. And it was it was KG. I mean, we. I, I think United have used that system before. Uh-huh. Um, that diamond that they play, 
but City have not usually lined up like this. Um, I'm not down about it because I think that this is one of the major criticisms that we've, or, you know, pundits, us, you know, have had about City is the fact that we give up so many goals. Um, we went to Old Trafford, we played in this derby match where the last several times when it's been an open game, United have been the much heavier attack. And we, we set up shop and we, I think we did our job defensively. If, yeah. if, if Mauro's finishes a chance, we win 1-0 and everyone's talking about how City locked down United's attack and, and won. Yeah, I mean, 11 shots on goal for United, two on target, nine shots on goal for City, and two on target. The better chances were, to me, I think City had them. Uh, Harry Maguire doesn't seem to be very good at uh, putting balls on frame. No. Uh, yeah, you guys had, what do you have? Way like better three corners. on his headers. Yeah. We haven't. We, we don't score on corners. I, I don't. I forget the stat. It, it was at one point it was like like fifty or sixty corner kicks without a goal, and he is somebody who wins. He has the, yeah. one of the highest percentages for head balls. Like the only guy that scored is Puma. <laughs> yeah, and he, he hit it off somebody else. He hit it off like, Maguire. Yeah. So I mean, I think that United actually. I think they should change their tactics for um for corner kicks. If you're that bad at them, you can change your tactics up. Like well, and that's and that's especially loud. damning against City. It's especially damning against yeah. City because we're terrible yeah. on offensive and defensive corners. I mean, we don't have it's not a tall team. Well, I mean, we're maybe with this lineup, we're a little bit taller. I mean, Rodri is like six three or four. Stones is right there, and Diaz yeah. is right there. So this was maybe a taller team, and maybe that's that was part of the team selection thought yeah. that we needed that. I mean, I don't think there's too much else to say about this game. It was cagey. There was a there was a few chances here or there. I thought both teams were a little off with their shooting. Um, uh, both KDB and Bruno missed long range shots, like didn't hit the target with them, um, which normally they probably would. So it wasn't. I didn't think it was that high quality of a game. And I think that the quality of matches is going to start to drop. As I, I, these, these I agree. No preseason. Bad. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think I think players are more tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, you know, we talk about the substitution thing, like, you know, we didn't get to have the five subs for this period. Yeah. Um, but managers also right now aren't using as many subs, but I think it's kind of, it's kind of like a catch 22 because I think, I think they're not using as many subs because they're, af- they're afraid that they're going to use their three subs and then a player is going to get injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like every player is at that stopping point where yeah. i think if they, if they have five subs i think pretty routinely mm-hmm. you'd see three and four subs being made yeah um you know before you're seeing the that in the minute. yeah champs league you're seeing that especially well the group stages are over now so probably when they get back into it in february they probably won't be doing that in the knockout stages but still just to keep guys fresh yeah um but but you know with with the united and city match i think united are slightly happier to go to leave with a point uh, but at the same time, City knows it doesn't hurt them. They're still in the slog at the top. Um, both teams, if they win their games in hand, are sitting in within, what, like four of, of uh, first place, which is we're halfway through the season. It's all to play for yet. And Quarter guess, of the season. Oh, we're, don't don't sorry, end we're, half the season on me. We're right? almost, sorry, we're we're almost the third. Third, third. Excuse me. When we get in December, we're supposed to be like close to halfway through the season by the end of it. But uh, – we got weirdness at the beginning. So we're a yeah. third of the way through the season, and you're, you're still hanging around. Uh, we saw teams in front of them make mistakes. 
this weekend. So both of them, Manchester City and United, having a game in hand. This draw doesn't really do Still them any it. damage. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Pogba in this match, him playing left midfield. Um, before the huge Champions League match, which is the biggest match United have had, I don't know, you want to count Europa semifinal, probably bigger than that. Um, the Leicester game at the end of the season last year where it decided the top four was was bigger, but the fact that you – you know, you're coming down the Champions League. You got to get in the knockout stages. It was a massive match. They just needed a draw from it. And Pogba's agent comes out before the biggest match of the season after Pogba scored a goal in the weekend. And all of a sudden, Mino Reola has to have something to say because he knows he'll get headlines the, month, the, the day before the Champions League match. And he says Pogba's done with United. He's not playing here anymore. He doesn't want to be here. And Pogba starts this, this match. He started the, the Champions League match. It's a weird time to start Pogba. In my, uh, it's a weird time to be starting Pogba with all this stuff going around him. I yeah, don't get it. and I think that it's a weird time for his agent to start mouthing off when Pogba's starting in the Champions League match. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, actually, he came in as a sub, didn't he? Or no, he didn't. He got pulled by by Matic. Yeah. So he did start, and then he starts this match as well. And after this match. He says, I'm a thousand percent into United. I don't listen to all the noise. It's like the noise is being created by from your, yeah, your team. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it was one of the things that infuriated me the most that's, that's happened. Remember last year when Pogba quit on the team right around, uh, it was, I mean, he started going out around September. He said he was injured, but he was also still making noise. Like he wanted to leave. He's wanted to leave every single year, basically since he got here. Um, and it's like, well, we're, we're tired of it. We're tired of dealing with it, and you need to go. Like, no one wants to buy you, so you either need to commit to staying because you make too much money, or you need to just go, you know? Like, why bring that up in the, the day before? And now they're, they're trying to – I guess he's, by playing him a lot, they're trying to get him out. Um, he's trying to get himself out, play his way out, because he hasn't played well enough to, to, to demand the money that, that they're going to ask for. So, I don't know. It was, or the wages that he's going to want. Yeah, who's going to pay for that? They said Juve. Juve's been like flirting, but Juve's not offering anything. They're, They're offering, not going to offer anything but a cut price deal, well, and Man United's not going to take it. They were talking about a swap deal, Ken. A swap deal, Ken. <laughs> uh, for like you know the players that they don't want anymore, like Ramsey, who's also on pretty high. Oh, Ramsey. Um, I mean, Ramsey would actually probably be an upgrade at this point. Like, I think he. I think he just needs to go because he just keeps coming back and forth and he creates a distraction. And I think Pete, you said this earlier in the year that his floor is just so low for a player who, who is like valued as high as he is. His value is beyond what he's worth because when he doesn't play well and he creates distractions, you, you know, it's a and problem. There's always been, I mean, man United have been so up and down and that's why a lot of the locker room stuff comes out that happens when you're losing and yeah, in trouble, but he's at the root of a lot of that crap, man. I like, he's not on my team. I am annoyed for you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, he is so I'm, annoying. Yeah. And, like, and just go away. James said something. It's that the Raiola believes his agent believes that any pub is good pub because that's the way he thinks. And it's, it's hurting his player. Like if you just like every once in a while come out and be like, you know, Paul is not happy because he's not starting or something like you see agents do that. Sometimes it's a little bit annoying, but when, when you're in a five-year contract 
And every single year, right around window time, you make noise like you're going to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona, and they don't buy you. Like, at what yeah. point are you just every year. damaging every single player? year? Every single year. And sure, like, it means that Paul Pogba, because he's a lightning rod, gets more Instagram followers, which means what products he's peddling on Instagram get more looks. So maybe he gets more money that way, but it destroys his like moods. Which is, he's a mood player. So you're hurting your player. It doesn't make any sense to me in the long run because somebody will pay for him. You know, if he, if he leaves on a free, he'll make more money than he would have, but he never made that move. And he just wasted like five years of his career in his prime. Planning. So I'm totally over Pogba. I'm ready for him to go. If somebody wants to come in and offer us, I'll even take a swap deal. James Lloyd. <laughs> Tommy Swap. Uh, can we? I'm gonna. Never I'm gonna, I'm gonna clip that. I'm gonna clip that, and I'm gonna make sure it finds its way into every episode. <laughs> That's fair. All right, guys. So from one draw, let's just go to the big match of the weekend, guys. Arsenal zero. Burnley. <laughs> the relegation dogfight. Uh, there's so much to unpack here, and. I think if you want to clip something, clip my quote a few weeks ago when United lost to, to Arsenal 1-0, to and it seemed like Arsenal had turned a corner based on mm-hmm. how they were playing. Ken was so um, excited then, as I remember. Yeah. Now, you made a joke last week about this being like an like a six-pointer, you said, a relegation mm-hmm. six-pointer. And that's what it looked like. That's what it played like, and that's what it ended up like, because Arsenal – is now like not even joking kind of in a relegation battle i think they'll get out of it yeah. really quickly but well like like keen says we, i think they've got just enough about them to avoid relegation yeah let, let, pete i'm gonna i'll give james his shots because he's a big burnley hater uh but pete what are your thoughts on arsenal having double the most red cards in the premier league than anyone else since arteta came back I mean, it's a big problem. And when you watch enough matches, you realize that the good teams, they don't get red cards hardly ever. Like when we were bad, we were getting red cards. And interestingly enough, it was Sun, who looks like the happiest guy on earth, but got like three, <laughs> three red cards. It's like, what the hell, dude? You're a forward. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they were bad too. Yeah, but like good teams, they, they rarely – get red cards and i think some of it is frustration but like to have double the red cards of the next worst team in the prem in terms of how many red cards that's a huge problem with management and it's like stupid stuff like pepe headbutts a guy and they should have lost that game they're very lucky they got a point in that leads game and this one they weren't lucky and they probably would have won this game if they didn't have a red card they certainly were favored at the time, actually, <laughs> brother Joey put in a live bet like five minutes before they got their red card on Arsenal. Oops. For, yeah. Ar- for, yeah. Arsenal, to for Arsenal to win when it was 0-0. <laughs> the texts were pretty funny. But, uh, I mean, how you grab a guy by the throat, like what do you think is going to happen, man? Yeah. And that's, that's one of your guys who, yeah, he's not the captain anymore, but that's one of your leaders. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, I think I want to get to the tactical side of it in a minute with you, James, because, you know, Arteta having worked under Pep, we could talk about that. But uh, back, I mean, with the discipline stuff, you have Chaka on the team who is routinely 
getting red cards and is one of the most poorly disciplined players in positioning on the field. You have uh, Louise, who is not only an own goal and a like a red card hazard himself, he's also likely to pass the ball the other team for a goal. So you have those two players alone. Then you have Bellerin, guys, who's emerged as one of the most yellow-carded players in the league, in addition to having the most foul throws by three <laughs> in the league. He has five foul throws in the league. The, 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 the That's insane. He has five of those. You just – it just – to me, I love, I love the, I love the one that happened. You know, because there's no fan. This is when there were still no fans, and you can hear everything the players say. And he did that foul throw. He got called for the foul throw, and he's turning around yelling at the ref. He's like, "I've been doing this all my life." <laughs> what yeah, foul throw? I've been doing that. this my whole life. I do. And they were so clear because the refs really won't call it unless it's like super clear. It it's like it's bad. like travel. It's like calling a travel in the NBA. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're not going to get called for a travel unless it's egregious. Yeah, I, I think that you know somebody had put something online. They were talking about like when you look at managers and you're wondering they're on the bubble and stuff. You you try to take a look at have they individually how many players have they helped? And you look around at Arsenal at this point. And you're like, who has gotten better on Arsenal? Who's gotten better? I mean, Martinez, well, he's gone. The goalkeeper, he was better. Uh, is Leno better? Maybe Leno's a little better. But who else on that team is better than they were before? I think everybody else has taken a, a, a step back. Is that wrong? Like, but I'm not sure. You know, If you look back at the results Arteta was getting towards the end of the year, he was getting good results. But I just think that there's the roster is not – good enough to get consistent results. Like I mean, I you think it's a 15th place were... roster? It's not a 15th place no, roster. No, 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 no. I don't think it's a 15th place roster. I think they're, you know, when it rains, it pours type yeah. situations. It's like when we were in 14th last year. I don't think we were 14th bad, but it's just like, and I don't think Potch is a terrible manager, but yeah. like you just, it, things get so bad and they spiral downward. And to get a red card in today's game, I mean, th- that's, Absolutely unacceptable. Well, and they should have gotten two. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. Really El Nani did the same thing. I thought the El Nani one, to me, is slightly more permissible just because I have a lot of Manchester United center backs who in box, in, in the box have chokeslam people. <laughs> well, look, Marsh, Martial, <laughs> got sent off for, Martial got sent off for less than that. Don't get me started. Oh, he's, he smashed Lamella. Oh, get out okay. of here. A little baby smack. <laughs> I think if he hadn't already France, handed out a red, he might have he might have given him a red. In France, yeah. that's affectionate. It's like, hey, buddy, thanks for giving me a ride. You know, not in Argentina. In Argentina. <laughs> the old Sean Connery. Yeah, exactly. Ridic- in Argentina, that's a punch to the face. Ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, I, I guess moving to the tactical conversation, James, do you think it's a situation where Arteta has a system in mind that's closer to what Pep would play, or something like that, where you have nice build up? out of the back. Do you think that he doesn't have anywhere close to the horses and that this is a, like a totally failed experiment because he, his midfield especially does not have the ability to pass out of the, out of the situations that are in um, and they can't get the ball forward to create chances. I mean, I, you know, I don't one, I don't know that Arteta's system is necessarily all that similar to, to Pep's uh, that it ever was. I think one of the reasons that Pep and Arteta worked so well together is because you had Pep's overarching system and you had Arteta making suggestions or minor tweaks here and there. 
it was it was there, in no way was it an entire system that Arteta wanted to play. Now you see the system he wants to play, and I think you've seen it in the successful moments, um, where uh, let's say the end of when, when he came in, and you know they won the cup, playing and had good results playing in this kind of this like pseudo like semi possession base, but also yeah. kind of like a fast counter attacking team. I mean, they were definitely trying to exploit the wings. The problem is, and and you you've seen it kind of it, it with City in our worst moments, I think in our least, Mm -hmm. in our, in our least effect, effective uh, moments. It's where you have this possession and you can, you can point to this possession stat and say you've dominated the game or whatever like that. But, but you you create nothing because you're, you have no incisiveness. You have no one like who, who does, who's Arsenal have right now? That's going to take a game by the scruff of the neck. Well, they don't have anybody. Their midfield is so weak, and and maybe Partey would make a Partey big was, but he's not here. And uh, you know, you don't have they don't have any attacking players that are who who are they who are you worried about having the ball on the on you know out wide and making something happen on this team? Who are you worried about? Nobody. I think Saka he he gets himself into good positions, but he, he reminds me of uh, Sterling when he was younger when he used to miss all those chances. Like he he gets into good spots. But he, he doesn't he, seem to finish. He he gets like he he looks like a three quarters of a Sterling right now. Like he gets to three quarters of the the position into the position that Sterling gets into. Yeah, but I he, think he could be good. I mean, but like with no one else around him, and and they've been doing this weird thing where they're. I think now Aubameyang's coming more central, which I think is a good start to fixing some of their issues. But before leading up to this, it was like yeah, you had Saka out there. And you all on the left, and you also had Obama Yang on the left, and they're just sitting there like <laughs> overlapping each other. It did. They're yeah. taking up the same space. So I mean, I think there's a there's a lot going on. I think that it may be a case of you don't have the players to play the system you want to play. Yeah. But but at some point, you know, I, you know, at some point, I don't, I, you know, there's a there's a line where that doesn't matter that much, and you're supposed to have a you're supposed to have a world-class striker attacking player in Aubameyang here who, you know, you should be able to rely on for at least some goals or to create something or, you know, to, to bring a chance up out of nothing because he's supposed to be a world-class player, right? Yeah. We're not seeing any of that right now. They're not creating anything either. Like we're talking about, yeah, they're not. I mean, his XG is the lowest it's ever been in his career. It's not close. Let me, let me read some stats out. Let me read some stats out for you. I found, uh, they've lost Arsenal have now lost four straight league games at home for the first time in 61 years. Mm. Arsenal have gone 12 hours and 32 top flight minutes without finding the net from open play. 12 mm. hours, 12 oh, hours and 32 God. minutes mm. with four wins and a draw after 12 games. This is their worst start to a top flight season since 1974 when they had won two and drawn three. Their tally of 10 goals after 12 Premier League games is their lowest at this stage of a top flight season since 1981. And they have received seven red cards since Michael Arteta took over more than doubled out of any other side in the same time frame. Pete, you brought that up before. So, and they should have had another one. Uh, so there's just, there's so much wrong. And Arteta's tactics, I think are part of it. I think players completely underperforming is part of it. 
Uh, Partey, Partey being injured, I think, is a huge setback for them. You started to see a lot of change when he was playing in midfield. He's a great, he's an amazing player. He is the kind of player that can take hold of the game, I think. The rest around him, like Chaka still would have got sent off sent off. Chaka know? still would have gotten sent off. El Neni still should have gotten sent off. They still <laughs> they still don't have anybody else on yeah. the wings. Oh what, what you are you worried about William at any point? No. <laughs> well, okay, let me let me sum it up here. Uh so Arsenal loses one zero to Burnley, the Burnley. Um a, a team, it's a team that does, that has ran out of ideas. But losing to a team that never had any ideas to begin with. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you could say that Arsenal could have scored goals in this match. I mean, Lacazette seems like he can't finish. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, he seems like he's either out of confidence or maybe he's just never been an elite finisher. He's, he's the next Christian Benteke. Oh, jeez. Did you see Benteke had- today? He missed like five <laughs> open goals. <laughs> and this, and he missed he missed five open goals, and this is the middle of his resurgence right now. He hasn't. He, I don't think he's played a game in a year and a half, and now he's playing. Now he's playing games like every weekend. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's let's end the Arsenal talk here uh, with this. Aubameyang jumped on the score sheet today, um, but he scored more against Arsenal as he scores an own goal here this season at the Emirates than he has scored goals. Yeah, he scored more uh, against Arsenal than for Arsenal. Yes, so, um, which is atrocious. Um, and then also the last stat for you, James, is the last oh. time Arsenal was relegated was 1911. So That's impressive. They've never been relegated since then. Yep, yep that's pretty impressive. All right, so let's move on to the next match here, guys. Um, Chelsea loses. That's for all you, uh, you uh, title watchers out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mendy makes his first mistake of the season as he bundled. He, bundled uh, he gave a PK uh, up last week, Thomas. You... Well, his first big mistake of the season that cost him second, the game. second time that cost him the game. He also almost game. kicked the ball in his own goal one time. <laughs> that was... <laughs> <laughs> that no, he's true. been really good this year. He's been really yeah. Good. He's he's been one of the best goalies in Europe, and he makes a mistake here. Uh, Chelsea without Pulisic, guys as uh he's injured again well I, so what i read is that he felt an awareness of his hamstring <laughs> so totally proactive and precautionary they didn't even put him in the squad he didn't have a reoccurrence but he felt a particular awareness i don't want to even ever hear the report of the the body parts that you feel awareness for Ever. I could list them right now. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> I can start yeah. listing them right now. No, no, we don't need to do that. Podcast is going to be too long if we do that. Uh, I can read you Rack's synopsis of the game here. Uh, he came in one day late because I think he was furious about it. He said, was a bad weekend in the Prem. Pulley is hurt again. Chelsea lost. James miraculously doesn't have to wear the Pogba baby gap jersey. What a horrible weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might have been rooting for City if he had known the other side of that bet. We'll, have to, we'll push it for next time. But I have to wear a KDB jersey? No, it's not you. Oh, I thought that was the bet. <laughs> no, the, the bet is for sure. Oh, oh, that's right. Char had, yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to answer you. That's the last thing about that. Chelsea drops points here. Chelsea drops points here, and everybody else is happy about it. A lot of people talking about Giroud before the game. I guess really the only thing you have to say is it's, it's Everton lads. Like, they, 
they do well, this? Well, Chelsea should have won this game. Um, Everton, 28% possession. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea hit the post three times. They The, the goal... Uh, Everton looked like they might be up for this game in the first like 10 minutes. And then after that, it was all Chelsea. This goal was completely against the run of play. Great. I mean, great job by um, Calvert Lewin to basically uh-huh. head past the ball to himself. Yeah. That was, in the yeah, box that was nice. And then knock it away from Mendy. Yeah. It was a great play. He's but, looking like a nice polished striker. Which yeah. has like kind of come out of nowhere. Like, yeah. It always looked like he was missing whatever it took to become a real prem striker. But he looks much more polished. It's yeah. like he's feeling a really good awareness of his body right now. <laughs> good awareness. But 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 Chelsea after that, I mean, it was just attack after attack after attack from Chelsea. They got really unlucky, like you said, Pete. They Reese James looked awesome. He, he oh, hit the post. Yeah. Reece James is good. Um, but Chelsea shouldn't have lost this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I I disagree a little bit. I mean, I I. The expected goals were exactly the same. I think that Everton actually played pretty well and defensively. I mean, Chelsea, they they should have scored, I think. I, I Just by watching the game, I think they should have scored more. But I, I think a point is reasonable based on how Everton played in the first half. But they didn't get a point. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they got the three points, but I'm saying I think a point would have been reasonable. Yeah, I'm still saying they shouldn't have lost the game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree Yeah, I think that's a match where, I mean, Everton, they are good enough to beat you. And that's why, like, if, if you can beat them, it's always been like that with Everton. They can yeah. always steal points from you if you're not paying attention. So I think Chelsea takes the loss, and they still only allow one one goal. So their defense still looks good. I think Reese James is um, emerging. And now we look at the England right-back position where you have Trent Alexander-Arnold, AWB, you have Reese James and who am I missing? I'm missing. Oh, well, Trippier, Trippier is not horrible either. Trippier like he started for England a couple of years ago. Yeah, they won't talk to him anymore because he's in Spain. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kyle, you, yeah. you have an option at right back for any game situation. Like, if you I mean, and Gareth Southgate, forever. Gareth Southgate, Southgate is the kind of coach that would try to find a formation that would allow you to play three right backs. <laughs> so they might they might get there they might get there <laughs> that's fair that's fair so chelsea lose this weekend and they tighten the table up here as there's only one team in first place pete as far as you're concerned i mean top of the table tottenham stays atop the table as they tie crystal palace despite uh christian benteke raining balls down your goal from like the 50th <laughs> minute on with shot after shot terrible shot after shot i don't think i've ever seen him score a goal on tv like <laughs> watching games i cannot remember i, I can i've watched him play a lot i've seen he, I, I can't he, remember him ever scoring i saw way back when he was at villa uh i definitely was like saw 10 him years ago goals. yeah but he was a, he was <laughs> a, he was a monster back then yeah, I mean, this match, it was a really weird match because the only reason Crystal Palace got an actual draw out of it was because Guaida had an amazing game, the goalkeeper yeah. for Crystal Palace. At the same time, the goal he let up was horrible. I mean, don't get me wrong. Harry blasted a knuckle puck at him, and the knuckle puck could do anything. But the fact that it was like 25 yards out, yeah. plenty of time to see it, you and it goes the wrong way just a little bit. I mean, you have enough time. It was hit dead center. You got to be able to do something with that ball. 
so, but then after that, he had that ridiculous free kick save on Eric Dyer's best free kick of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, you know, the reaction save off the glancing uh, hurricane. That hair. was even more crazy to me. So you have Guaida gives him a point at the same time, Crystal Palace, they could finish it all would have taken all three points. Like they yeah. were battering Tottenham and you could see Mourinho knew a goal was coming. He was talking everybody to knew it. everybody could feel it. You're like, what's going on? Why, why is Crystal Palace taking it to Tottenham right now? Tottenham's in first place. And Mourinho was freaking out. He knew that the goal was coming. <laughs> the game. And then at that point, I was also freaking out, by the way. <laughs> but then you have like, it went a little bit back and forth and it seemed like there'd be another goal in the game, but Guaida makes the saves, you know, and that's, that's the difference. They get the draw. They get the draw. Palace does. And Tottenham, takes a point out of it. Dr. Pete, anything to say about Tottenham getting the point when they, you know, they get rattled a little bit. Yeah, I think it was, it was a very weird game. It could have gone either way. It ended up as a draw. I think that was a fair result considering that we barraged their goalkeeper. Uh-huh. In addition to Crystal Palace, you know, it really should have had a couple goals from Ben Teke on headers. Like he won every single what? header. <laughs> and we we insisted on continuing to give up corner kicks, and we love to give up fouls right outside the box. You do love doing that, and that's how we lost the West or tied the West Ham game, and that's how we tied the Newcastle game. Yeah, it's about- we haven't done that for a while, and that's part of the reason we weren't giving up any goals. We yeah. actually had given up a goal in open play in like seven hours of Premier League play, so our defense was playing very well, and actually we came out. And uh, we didn't sit in the shell. We had our fullbacks way up the field. And uh, Palace offers something on the on the counterattack for sure. And I, I don't think Palace is a bad team. I don't. I think they are always, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to end up being a middle-of-the-table team. And they can beat you on every, any given day, especially with Zaha. Uh-huh. And that new guy looks really pretty he- decent. Ezzy? Ezzy, I think is his name. Yeah. Like yeah. he had a couple of really nice moves. Yeah, he, he looks like he's gonna he'll cause a lot of teams. He'll uh-huh. he'll cause a lot of teams issues. Yeah. Uh, this season. I think it is a genuine strategy for them to give the ball to Zaha late in games and wait for somebody to foul him because they will foul him. He draws foul oh, yeah. really well. I mean, he might be the best dribbler in the Premier League. Yeah, Grealish and him. That's what foul. that's what um Roy Hodgson said he's the best dribbler he's ever seen. Yeah. I'm not sure what else he offers. He's like 900 years old. He's seen a lot of dribblers. <laughs> he started so... to dribble himself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roy Hodgson, take that. Wow. <laughs> uh, so Crystal Palace won, Tottenham won. Uh, Dr. Pete, anything to worry about here or just a Premier League draw? You know, I think after the run of games we've had, I mean, we were kind of due for a clinker, and I, I would say a clunker, and, and one point out of this one is not their worst draws, as we're going to go over in a minute, than uh, drawing at Palace. But um, you know, I, I think it's a it's a bad time to uh, do it right before you go into Anfield, but still top of the table. That's all. Yeah, so you'll take a draw this week? Draw, 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 draw. In Anfield? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Lost at Anfield. A draw. I mean, a a draw at Anfield just gives other teams 
more chances to catch up yeah, with you, though. I think I want to draw, but at the same time, I really want somebody to beat them. Oh, I would love to beat them. I'm just saying. Another you, know. you guys you guys maybe can have a draw. It's fine. I think, uh, uh, I mean, Sun, this is the first, I just want to say, this is the first game that I've seen Sun kind of be, this season, kind of be so so yeah. ineffectual. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he gets the assist for the Kane goal, but just because he played a he square pass it, to him. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, he didn't do anything today. You're right. Yeah, and, you know, we were talking, I think, last week about how he has, or maybe we were talking about on the chat, mm-hmm. I can't remember, but um he is playing way above his <clears throat> xg right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But so, hot, i mean that's what happens right but he's done that his the last five years not yeah. as high as he is this year no not his, that's true his his conversion rate's always been high he's a good player um i think if you're going to talk about how why he got shut down it's obviously the gary cahill effect <laughs> I always forget that I, every time we see gary cahill on the end of a great defense, i can't believe he's still playing seems like you guys forget that he's still playing and he absolutely is still playing um he was the original the, the original slab head <laughs> he was given the squad number uh 24 so i'm not sure crystal palace was anticipating him playing this season <laughs> um but sure enough, <laughs> he's on the end of the uh, crystal palace wall here uh crystal palace won tottenham won we moved to another draw fulham won liverpool won James, I know that you were excited about this, and I know that you believe, as we all do, that this should have been a win for Fulham. Oh, that was this was a stolen point for Liverpool. Uh-huh. Uh, there, I mean, and I would I would welcome anyone who disagrees to provide an actual rational argument. That's fair. It like one one the penalty that that's a penalty. It, it's interesting, and I want to. There's two points to what I'm about to say. The, so the penalty that they got and the penalty that Fulham Fulham were denied uh, live in this weird space because the announcers, um, the announcers were making a big deal mm-hmm. about how they're now because of the surge in penalties that we've gotten, the refs are trying to scale back on penalties being given. Yeah. This is this is what they the commentators were saying. Correction, that'd be nice. <laughs> Fabinho straight up flew through the the uh, Fulham player to get to the ball in the box. That is a penalty every single day of the week, twice on Sunday. There's no way that that's not a penalty. Then they're talking about well, the refs are trying to scale things down. You know, is it a clear and obvious error? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. They're like, you know. We've seen so many penalties this year because of VAR. I think they're trying to scale back. You know, they're trying to scale back the uh, like they're trying to scale back on calling handball penalties. <laughs> this is what they said. Literally, they mentioned that. And yeah. then fast forward to Liverpool in the in the seventy seventh minute or whatever, whenever when they get given a penalty for a very dubious wall hit on someone's upper or upper arm. Yep. You know, that person's in the ball, shielding their face and turning their head away. Mm-hmm. That happens these, in these calls. That happens in 85% of free kicks that are taken where there's a wall. If they hit the wall, yep. You know, or or it like squeezes in between two players' bodies and hits their arm on the way through. And it does not get called ever. Yeah. It's ever. It's, it's brutal. I, I think that we're killing we're killing the game. And even if you give that. I don't still don't see how there's there is an argument that you don't give the penalty that Fulham should have had. Yes, Fabinho coming in hot. I mean, that, 
you you cleared that guy out. Yeah, I think that was that's totally true, and that's one of those things where when you're a good team, I think you get the benefit of the doubt on on penalties in the past. Like being watching the good teams play, it almost seems like the refs are hesitant to give uh, worse teams the penalties sometimes. This is coming from a Manchester United fan where I've seen in the past, not so much lately because the last six or seven years we've only been, you know, mediocre. But when we were really flying high, it was like they would be hesitant to give the other team one shot on target that they got uh, to be a penalty. So you could almost get away with murder in the box because – they're not going to get any chances anyways. And the refs are going to be like, well, they didn't really earn that. It almost seemed like that. Whereas maybe other teams like remember Tottenham this year, Pete, when Andy Carroll uh, headed the ball at the back of Eric Dyer's arm, um, they'll just like, that's a ridiculous penalty to call. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like in this case that the refs didn't want to be the person who gave Fulham a win over Liverpool. If that makes sense. I'm not really a, a conspiracy guy, but you know, it just seems like the, the ref yeah. well, it gets to a little bit. And it's, it sucks for Fulham because I mean, they should, be very their their performance all around they they played a great game yeah this wasn't a a lucky nicked point or like even a lucky game they should have won based on chances like they outplayed them yeah they outplayed liverpool looked over the course of 90 total yeah fulham Uh and fulham looked dangerous you know lookman had a great game yeah he did um i like uh the other guy what's his name bobby the guy who scored the goal bobby cordova reed uh uh great great goal that he i mean he blasted that ball but he had a great game overall always always dangerous and it sucks for fulham because they should be proud they should be very proud of their performance and it's it's great to get a point out of liverpool but they're gonna be frustrated that they didn't win this game yeah especially if they get relegated they're in relegation right now because because burnley won they're in relegation they have eight points and burnley has nine brighton has ten like if they win that, they're out of relegation. I mean, it might be temporary, and they're probably—I mean—they may end up going down. But these things matter. If they win that, they're only three points behind Arsenal. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> oh, one more thing about that game: <clears throat> having the fans back in. Those yeah. two thousand Fulham fans were uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds these teams, these smaller teams, where the stadiums aren't as big. It sounds like they have ten thousand fans in there. Yeah, they do a like, good they're job. They're so loud; it's it's incredible. And they were I I do not think Fulham would have had any chance if they didn't have their fans there. Like yeah. they were cheering them on. Yeah, I agree. and I love you know one thing that the announcers were talking about that I really missed was when they they laugh at the other team's players when they do something stupid or terrible. Yeah. Like I you're, missed that. You know, you kind of forget yeah. about it, and the fake crowd noise never pumps that in. Yeah, and, they all pump you know, in laughter. <laughs> yeah, like you know, Bellerine does a foul throw. You know, the other team's gonna fans are gonna cheer you on. That. Or when they catch like the guy, who, the the loud fan that's very close to the on field mic, like screaming <laughs> yeah. obscenities, and the the commentators have to. Uh, we're sorry for that. Uh, folks. Yeah. Oh, we'll, or the or the two fingered uh, fu that they do, yeah, like right behind. Before when they're taking corner kicks, and you just see like like a hundred two fingers old, up at it, yeah, old like guys with their grandkids, like all of them saying fu to the guy, take just 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 trying to take a corner kick. Like that's all he's trying to do, and they're yeah. flying at him, and 
<laughs> yeah, I missed that. And unfortunately, Manchester's not in that zone, so there's still no fans in Manchester. Yeah. For Apparently, the North has it bad. There, there's not going to be any fans in any of the Northern clubs <sighs> games anytime soon. Yeah, uh, Apparently, the Tottenham fans last week were turning to where the Arsenal away fans should have been and saying their support was shite, like singing that chant. Like they were there. there. <laughs> uh, that's funny, but 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 that makes me actually. Didn't Liverpool have fans at their game? Yeah, here's what I don't get. Floppy was was uh yeah he was teary eyed about it. Well, well, here's what I don't get. Right, and the, you talk about like Manchester. Well, yeah, well Liverpool's twenty five miles away from Manchester. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally closer than Baltimore is to DC, and it's like <sighs> they talk know. about it's it like local. it's. A, it's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably just that kind of thing. Um, all right, so Liverpool won, Fulham won. It's Tottenham still at the top, Doctor Pete, hanging on by a thread. And coming into what next weekend? When do you guys play? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Oh by the way, there's Tuesday. A bunch of Tuesday. Now, man, you gotta get ready. Festive fixtures. Wolves, Chelsea. Wolves is sliding. Wolves Um, Arsenal, Southampton. Oh my God, they could lose again. They're gonna lose again. They Southampton is so much better than Arsenal right now, and I'm oh not even God. just trying. I'm not trying to be insulting to Ken. I mean, no. Southampton are in form. They're a scary team to play right now. Yeah, team. especially if they get any corner kicks. I can't even imagine Arsenal trying corner kicks. Ugh. Well, they won't have Chaka, so Arsenal has more of a chance, probably. So you know, maybe they'll be better off. Uh, Leicester wins three zero. By the way, guys, good for them. They're still in the hunt yeah. up top. Um, it's just weird. We never really. Talk about Leicester. I think it's because of, like, honestly, how pathetic their slide was last year that you almost discount them because you're like, well, Brendan Rodgers, when they start losing, he's going to tell them it's okay that they're losing instead of putting a foot up their ass. So you're kind of like, you're just waiting for Leicester to fall out. I don't think that's fair because they actually have a pretty good squad. They have a good squad. They quietly have the most wins in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Madison being back now awesome. is is good for them. I, he came he came back a couple weeks ago, but he was definitely like not. Back up to but uh, two goals in this one. Um, definitely looking strong again. Yeah, I mean, what what else can you say about Leicester other than they're they're a team that hangs in there? Um, they're going to get their penalty kicks, aren't they, James? <laughs> <laughs> definitely are. They do have a tough run of games coming up. They got um, they're playing Everton on Wednesday, which you know uh-huh. whatever it could be, whatever it is. But then they play Tottenham and then they play United. Uh, hmm. That's that's Wednesday to Sunday playing Everton and then Tottenham and then then they do get a Saturday game against United but those are three tough fixtures they're gonna have here yeah that is tough uh, oh my God Arsenal plays Southampton and then Everton and then City nah yes yeah. they do oh and then Chelsea God. oh he's done they could I, lose all of those games they could lose all those conceivably games. lose all those games wow. They're in huge trouble. Um, United, on the other hand, plays Sheffield. Sheffield, I, I'm going to jinx it. I'm not going to say anything, but Sheffield has one point. Sheffield it's, looks so bad. They have one point per season. They have a what negative 16 ever, goal differential. What manager has ever survived one point over 12 matches? When does that ever happen? I, I think he um, he got them promoted twice. I think he got them promoted twice in like three years. That's the only reason why. He's and they were good there. last year. Yeah. yeah, they were good last year. They were. They were good. As I mean, it can't just be that they have uh, that they have. They were missing the goalie. Like Dean Henderson isn't there anymore. 
One point. Probably more than that. <laughs> One point. <laughs> I mean, they're they're on the way to get. Is the that? Uh, I mean, if the you you keep this form going, they're going to smash the lowest points record. What right? is it? Thirteen. Yeah. Is it Derby? Derby. Is that? Right? I know it's Derby. Uh, QBR was really bad one year, weren't they? It's. I know it's Derby. It's eleven. They had eleven points. Jesus. <laughs> season. Yeah. How many wins did they have? That's an all-time. That's an all-time record. <laughs> that's great. Oh man, they were. They were. Remember, they got in on a playoff in 0708. Remember, James, and they were, yeah. they were like that last championship. 0607. 0607. Oh yeah, that's yeah. six seed team in the championship. If they sneak in. Yeah. They get so they're not, not prepared. <laughs> no, but they get all that money, so they they just didn't put any money into the squad. They were like, okay, fine, we'll take the beat down here, and then they get the parachute payments, and they build up from there. It really didn't work out all that well, but um, <laughs> they got to be in the prem for a season. They just got eleven points, but Sheffield United struggling, and I don't know how you survive that. So it'd be nice if United could rest players, but they just aren't consistent enough to be like, yeah, we're going to take it to Sheffield United. Um, I could see them putting like Rashford and Bruno on the bench, and then we go down by two, twenty minutes in. And then they had to come on and, and try to save the game. So I, I can't even talk smack to Sheffield United. It's a sad, sad state. But all right, guys. So, I mean, coming in, we got a, a whole bunch of games coming up. Uh, a ridiculous slate where we're going to have games for your teams every three days. Um, these are not cup matches. These are league matches. The league will be very clear around – January second, when all this dust settles, who's got uh, shot and who doesn't? Yeah, it's gonna. It, this is the crucible right now. Yep, you're gonna find out who has the stones and the depth to get through this this uh, time. And I'm I didn't realize Arsenal schedule so bad. I am genuinely worried about Arsenal. Worry about Arsenal. Worry about Ken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Anything to add, James? Uh, well, I just want to tackle on to that last part. You know, we always, obviously, December, January is always a crazy schedule time. Uh-huh. Let's not forget that we're going into this on the back of the no preseason. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, this could there. There's a lot of squads with not not deep benches uh, that could be absolutely decimated during this time. I think. Even even if you come out if you come out of this period okay, but with five key players like injured, you're yeah. gonna you're setting yourself up for a whole lot of trouble in the back end. It's gonna I don't know how they're gonna manage it. Yeah. Um, teams that also have cup runs that they care about. I mean, like some teams are just gonna tank the cups, but yeah. other teams can't. You can't do that if you're a City or an Arsenal or a United, United. or a Tottenham. Yeah. So like, that's going to be, it's going to be crazy, I think. And I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, those four to six week muscle injuries. Do you think we're going to see a lot of Jesse Lingard? I think Jesse Lingard and Phil Jones are going to take these chances that they, this chance that they get. No, PJ's not registered. No, he is not. No, PJ four is not on the Premier League roster. That is a gross oversight. And I I think, you know, I've been on the Ole stay wagon. (laughs) <laughs> but not registering PJ four, yeah. he's got to go. That is that is. Does terrible. he still have a clothing line? PJ four. Uh, yeah, PJ four. Uh, oh, Pete's giving me a Christmas hint for what he wants. I got you. <laughs> no, I was gonna say 
Give me that uh, $150 backpack. That's J-Ling's, the leopard backpack. Oh, That's J-Ling's, the $100 uh, leopard backpack. Dumb. Yeah. How do you not know PJ4 from J-Ling's clothing line? <laughs> God, grow some facts. Dr. Pete, uh, anything to add besides the fact that uh, Deli Ali made an appearance today? Deli Ali! He's alive. If you want him, he's a cool 40 mil. Ooh, Pogba swapped him? I hope that happen. <laughs> oh, swap deal, baby. All right. For James Lewis, Dr. Pete, and uh, deceased Ken Lee, the I am Tom in absentia, Miller. Ken Lee. I'm Tom Miller saying we're with you, Ken. We love you, buddy. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. Uh... <laughs> Are you actually whistling that? Because that is excellent whistling. Wonderful, man. He, it's pre-recorded. No. They talk. <laughs> <laughs>